I, 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 told, I gave you a preview last night of what we're going to do, and we're going to do that. But it's not a preaching sermon. It's, it's more of a college class. Now, if I did teach college classes, I'd be a little more animated than the regular college professor. I have a belief as your pastor does. You only believe and trust Jesus as much as you believe and trust his word. That's it. And if you separate yourself from the word of God, then you don't trust much. You can't. The weapon of your warfare is not sharp, not able to be used. So if you're going to live successfully in this life, you're going to have to come to the realization that the Bible is true, and not only that it is true, but why it's true. I've shared one of the sermons with you several years ago. I'm now on sermon number six, and that's what I'll do. I'm on sermon number five on why I believe the Bible. There's still two, three, and four that you've not heard, but I do want to share with you this one and part of number six that I shared with my church because I want you to believe, I want you to believe God. If you could believe what the Bible says, then I think it's not beyond the realm of possibility for you to believe what the Bible says. And the Bible makes some pretty spectacular claims. And we're going to cover some of these. We're going to look in the area of astronomy, first of all. The Bible tells us in Psalm 19, verse number 1, to the chief musician, a psalm of David, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. So when we're using that word declare, that's exactly what it means. If you can look into the heavens, it's going to tell you something about God. Day unto day they uttereth speech, and night unto night they show, showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language, that their voice is not heard. We're still talking about stars. Job chapter 9, verse number 9, which maketh Actarus, Orion, Pallades, and the chambers of the south, the constellations. Now when Jesus was born in Mark 2, 1 and 2, Mark chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the Great, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he born, king of the Jew? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. So somehow these wise men show up and say, We know there's a king born here because the stars told us. They did. And these guys came. We know where they came from. 60 miles south of Baghdad. That is where the ruins of Babylon is. And we have found the area where those astrologers had met and the great libraries that they had of searching and getting knowledge from the stars. But something told them you need to be keeping your eyes on the west. Something's coming. Who would have done that? I think Belshazzar picked Daniel to be over to Wiseman, didn't he? I think they're looking at him because Daniel told them to. But, but colleges today say that the star of Bethlehem, the church made it up so that the Bible would be true. And, I, and I'm telling you, I'm not here 
to, to tell you the Bible's true. It's about like caging up a lion. I, I don't have to defend a lion. I just open the cage. He'll take care of everything else. Uh, I'm not here to try to prove the Bible to you, but I do want to get you something that I've learned so I don't have to look at people and they say, why do you believe? Well, because that's what my mom did. It's a terrible thing. How are you going to tell the Muslim any different? Because they're going to tell you the same thing. There's some claims the Bible makes that no other Bibles, holy books do make. So what we don't understand a lot about the stars and their movements. We didn't understand for a long time until Kepler in the 1600s did the math and figured out the movements of the stars and what he called moving stars. That math was done so good by Kepler, his theory is still used in NASA and the ESA uh, for the charting of the stars. We know how to shoot a rocket now to go to the moon and make sure we hit the moon when we get there because of the math used by how the earth spins versus uh, the way it moves the constellations in front of us. You don't fire the rocket off when the moon's right in front of you. You're going to miss it. You got to do it much in advance so that you come together at the same time. That math has been done. Kepler did it. Hallelujah. I don't have to. We did find out, though, the solar system is incredibly regular, works better than a clock. Uh, we know how to put up satellites at the right place, how to shoot off different telescopes at different times because of that math. What we've been able to do with that math and what we know by the stars already is put it in a computer. And now the computer has algorithms that does the math for us in real time. Interesting enough, you could get on a very easy website and pay the money and they will give you a plaque and it'll tell you the star that was over your head the moment you were born. They just go back to May 1st, 1970, Mansfield, Ohio, and they'll tell me what star was right over my head. Ain't that great? For some of you, it'd be 1590 and May 6th and they had stars back then. Josephus tells us when we need to be looking. Well, if we can go all the way back to 1970, and that algorithm will go all the way back to 1858, we can ask the computer to do something that we can't do. Josephus said Jesus was born 1 B.C., and the computer takes the algorithm all the way back. And we found out what was going on in the stars. And I think we need to know about what that is. Interesting enough, the oldest book in the Bible, that of the book of Job, written before the time of Abraham. The stars were talked about. Job writes this, we already covered it, which maketh uh, Acturus the bear, Orion, Pallades, and the chambers of the constellation. Later in that book, the Bible's going to tell us in verse number, uh, chapter number 38 and in verse 31 and 32, can thou bind the sweet influence of Pallades or loosen the bands of Orion? Can thou bring forth Maseroth, the constellation, in its season? Can you bring any of it about? Now Job's being talked to by God. Job has lipped off enough that God started talking. Where were you when I set the foundation of the world? Uh, 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 you know, and that's all Job had uh, because God had just had enough of him lipping off. We also see that God takes credit for the stars in Isaiah chapter number 40, verse 25. Lift up your eyes on high 
And behold, who hath created these things that bringeth out their host by the number? He calleth them by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is a strong in power. Not one faileth out of place. They talk about black holes. We have no pictures of black holes. We have no proof that a black hole has ever come into existence. And we have no proof that a star has ever burnt out in our existence. No proof yet. The Bible says back then, every one of them is still where God put them. Well, preacher heard, I, I, I don't know about that. We're talking about billions and billions of years. I don't think we're talking about billions and billions. I think we're talking about thousands and thousands. I'm the young earth guy. Why is that? Because I've challenged the Bible. And science will back what the Bible says. Unless you're writing books for college. David writes again in Psalm 19, the heavens, the heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament show its handiwork, it utters speech. It has a voice in verse number 2. Its voice is heard throughout the whole earth in verse number 4. Paul is asking the Romans if they knew the Messiah had come. And here's the way Paul writes it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I, uh, but I say, have you not heard? Ver yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and the words unto the ends of the world. Paul is talking about a situation that happened in the stars, and the whole world knew what was going on. We need to find out what that was. And these wise men came because the stars told them to come. And Jesus even said in Luke 21, 25, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. And Jesus is talking about the day dies. So there's going to be something happen in the sun and in the moon and in the stars, or Jesus lied. Whatever this star did, and the reason they are telling us now that it's not true and we made it up is because this star stayed around for about nine months. And that star moved. The Bible tells us that we have moving stars, and what we know by Kepler's drawings and math, stars don't move, but wandering stars do. We just renamed them to something called planets. And those planets move about from our viewpoint in the constellations. So every 12 years, Jupiter's going to show up for about nine months. Uh, so it's, a refer, it's referred to as uh, wandering planets. 12 years for Jupiter to get around the sun. Jupiter is referred to as the king planet, and that's the way everybody in those days knew. Uh, they would sleep at nighttime on, a, uh, nighttime on the rooftops. There was no light pollution. Parents would tell their children how to get to the grandparents' house by the stars, how to get over to the east, to the west, how to find different areas, uh, the cities of refuges. It's by following these stars and getting there at night. They could see it. Everybody knew how to navigate back then. Regulus is known as the king star. Jupiter is the king planet. Regulus is the king star. Computer models, the algorithm we asked the computer to do, back to 3 B.C., that's two years before the birth. 60 miles south of Baghdad is where the computer is now asked to be working at. 700 miles away. The wandering star Jupiter in one month 
passes Regulus and crowns it. Jupiter goes out, hits the end of its rotation, comes back, and three times in one month crowns it. And, and so the men that are now in the east looking in the west over Jerusalem go, there's a king born. The king star has been crowned by the king, pink, king planet three times. The algorithm shows us that. Uh, nobody's ever seen that before, and we've not seen it since. It just so happened in that time of existence that's when that thing happened, and everybody was watching it, and particularly those in Baghdad. It's a 700-mile trip. They're going to be passing over nine different countries. Each one of those countries is going to be asking for a tariff. They're going to have to put an entourage together. They're going to have to get funding, and they're about to have to take a 700-mile journey. I'm saying it's going to take a couple years. If they were free old Baptists, it'd take four years. But they've got the money. They have to put their things together and they have to pay tribute every time they cross into another area because they no longer own it. The Greeks are taking over everything. So that was interesting enough. It's going to mean something very soon. So this wandering star has circled Regulus three times. And the earth, understand, is a moving platform. We are spinning. Something interesting I just learned the other day. If the earth was to suddenly stop spinning... We would all fall down and go due east, 800 mile an hour. <laughs> oh, well, I hope it just keeps going, you know. Kind of like the thing called momentum. It's a moving platform. That's why Regulus was able to go over, uh, be able to be circled by Jupiter from our viewpoint three times. It was very rare. All three of these crownings happened while Leo, the lion, was present. So it means it was at the start of the time Jupiter there. Leo the lion is there. So we understood what Leo the lion stood for. And even the Hebrews and those that stayed in Babylon years ago knew what the lion represented. And that was the lion of Judah. So you have a king, but we now know he's born among the Jews. And it just so happens to be over Jerusalem. That's why they head in that direction. When I talk about the birth of the king, I'm going to jump to Revelation because John saw something. And I, and I hope to make some of it make sense in Revelation 12:1, And there appeared a great wonder in the heaven. And a woman clothed with the sun. That just simply means when the sun's out, she's clothed. But she's back there. We just can't see her because the sun's out. The moon was under her feet. And upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. We know what those stars are. We know that it was a crescent moon between the legs of Virgo, between her feet. But she was crowned by the sun. And she, being great with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in the heaven. And up above it, behold, Dragos, the great dragon, having seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. We're, they're looking at a constellation. Right now, if you could see Dragos and you could see all of it, its tail will take up a third of everything you're able to see. Well, we're going to see something about that here. And his tail drew up a third part of the stars of heaven. That just he, They're seeing all of it, and he's present when the lion is present being crowned king. And he cast him to earth, and the dragon stood before the woman, ready to be, who was ready to be delivered and to devour her child as soon as it was born. But she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with the rod of an iron. 
and her child was caught up unto God unto his throne. What John's seeing in the stars is he's looking at Regulus and he's understanding Dragos is there. Uh, there's certain things that we're going to be able to understand uh, that John may not have understood because we have the entirety of Scripture. But what we do understand is even in the presence of great evil, there was a God king going to be born. Mary was the woman, obviously. It, just for narrative purposes, Herod would be the dragon. He killed all of the children two years and under. Why in the world would he do two years and under? Why not just kill the new ones? That'll come in just a moment. The moon was at her feet, a crescent moon, between the legs of Virgo, and we call that now Rosh Hashanah, um, a Jewish year, the new year. I believe conception starts at birth. Nine months later, because the stars set in the west from the rotation of the earth, the Babylonians were looking toward Jerusalem from the west. On the computer algorithm, they still see the king planet. They're headed in that direction, but she's very close. He's very close to the mother planet, Venus. They've made a long trip. They made a very long trip. Matter of fact, from the way it looked to them, Venus was here and Jupiter was here. They weren't touching. Wrong place of the planet. Had you been in Rome, they'd have been touching. But down in Israel, they made a figure eight and made the largest star they'd ever seen before in their life. And everybody saw it. Why is it when the wise men show up and said, where's he born king of the Jews? And all of them go, Jerusalem. Jerusalem's from Bethlehem, five miles. I don't know how that far is from here. I don't know how far that is from here. I guess it's a little more than four and a half miles. Um, interesting enough, Dead Sea's 15 miles from my house to Bojangles in Princeton. I don't know where 15 miles is here. It's part two to the sermon. That'll be interesting also. They made the naked eye, it's the brightest star they'd ever seen in their life. By the math, no one was ever alive that ever seen it before. Nobody had ever seen it again. So they get to Jerusalem. They get to Jerusalem after a long, long journey. They get there at 7 in the morning. And the only reason I know that is because the computer algorithm puts Jupiter on top of Venus right above Bethlehem. But the Bible says it stopped. It moved over Bethlehem and stopped. So they tell us again, we made it up, it's not true. We are on a moving platform. The universe moves. Jupiter, as it comes around, does this. And in this curve, and it happened last month, Jupiter looks like it stops for about nine and a half minutes. Interesting enough, the Bible didn't lie about this. We have proof for it in a computer algorithm. The Bible says it stopped. Retrograde motion is what makes it stop. It stopped. What it made it look like on a curve to us, it stopped. But when you animate the stars, you can see that it was still moving. But it was stopped on 1225, 7 a.m. 
that gives me a real problem. If nine months ago they saw the star of Bethlehem, what are they looking at now? Are there two stars? What they were looking at first was Jupiter crowning Regulus. Now they're looking, Beth, they're looking at Jupiter on top of Venus above. But this was two years after the birth of Jesus. How do you know that preacher hurt? Mark's still in the Bible. Chapter 2, verse 11. The wise men didn't go to the manger. They went to a house in Nazareth. That's where they saw him. Sorry if I just messed up Christmas for you. We don't exactly know the date Jesus was born. But the wise men found him on December 25th. And that's the day he was found. And we worship on that day. Sorry about Christmas. <laughs> Chapter 2, verse 11 refers to him as a Padawan. I understand. Wait a minute, that's a Star Wars thing. George Lucas used a lot of Bible words uh, to make his Star Wars movie. A uh, shout out to him. Hoop, hoop, the force, all that good stuff. <sighs> Peter's now preaching 50 days after the crucifixion. And here's what Peter says. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. I've read that before. I read it in Amos. He is quoting Amos. And blood and fire. He's talking about. Amos is talking about there's going to come a day where there's going to be signs in heaven and the earth beneath. But there's also going to be blood and there's going to be fire and billows vapored of smoke. Moving pieces of smoke. And the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon uh, into blood before the great notable day of the Lord to come. And we look at that and go, what does all that mean? What, what, if it's hyperbole, then the Bible lied. I don't believe it's hyperbole. And it came to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these my word: Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved by God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, and ye yourselves also know. 4,000 people bowed the knee after that little speech because they saw it. They experienced it. What was interesting enough, what he's talking about is the crucifixion. What was happening during the crucifixion? We draw the algorithm back to April 3rd, A.D. 33. How do you know that's the day Jesus died? Because Josephus wrote about it. We also have the algorithms because the Bible is very specific on what was happening around them. While Jesus was hoisted up on the cross, the moon is making its way to the horizon. At 9 o'clock, he is now being crucified. And as the moon is coming up, Jesus is here. The moon's coming up here. The sun is here. The algorithm shows this from Jerusalem. Well, as the earth is spinning and the moon is outrunning us, it gets between us and the sun for six hours. Our rotation, the speed of the moon, keeps it dark in Jerusalem for a long, long time. If you've ever been in a solar eclipse, There'll be billows of smoke, small snake-like things going everywhere. 
moving. They call them cloves of fire. Uh, it just moves everywhere. And Amos talked about some of that with what they'd be experiencing. Just so happens to be the moment Jesus was dying. Lasted six hours, starting at 9 a.m., went to 3 a.m. The Bible also talks about an earthquake. It talks about being dark at noon. What was happening because of the rotation of the earth and because of the moon between the sun, what came up was a blood moon. And so it wasn't a regular moon. It was a blood moon, which talked about judgment and death. Nine months earlier, these guys are leaving Baghdad because there was a king with a crescent moon, which shows new birth. But now there's a full blood moon, and the wise men understood something. We just killed the king. Because it's dark, they can see the stars. And that blood moon and is blocking out the sun. She's no longer clothed. The blood moon is between the legs of Virgo, the virgin. They killed her child. That had to have scared everybody on that mountain. Everybody could see it. You even have a professional killer look up and said, All right, this was the Son of God. It's amazing enough. Amazing enough. It was a full blood moon between the legs of Virgo. They killed their king. Peter gives out his speech. Paul gives out a similar speech in Acts 26, 27, and 28, talking to a Hebrew. King Agrippa. He says, Believeth thou the prophets? I know thou believe. And Agrippa said unto him, Paul, almost, thou persuadest me to be a Christian. He knew it to be true, but he couldn't say it because he'd lost his job. He'd lost his power and his position. And so he denied what everybody knew to be true so that he could stay in power. What does this mean? When the Bible says there were signs in the heavens, we have proof of that now. It's not that I need that proof to prove the Bible true. The Bible's true. Whether we believe it or not, if the rocks, if we hold our peace, the rocks will cry out. Well, that wasn't the only thing that was happening that day on that mountain. It was not just that there were things happening in the heavens, but there was something happening on the earth. And so we're shifting gears. We're not talking about astronomy anymore. We're talking about earthquakes, the geography of it, and seismologists and what they've been able to find. If the Bible's going to talk about an earthquake like that, there better be some evidence somewhere. Amos talks about an earthquake in Amos 1.1. In the words of Amos, who was among the herdmen of Tekoa, which saw concerning Israel in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Joshua, king of Israel, two years before the earthquake. Well, there's another earthquake mentioned in the same area. Matthew 27, 25, now the centurion, when they were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake. And those things that were done in the atmosphere, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Matthew 28, 2, And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from earth and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. There were two earthquakes in a three-day period. 
Matthew chapter 20, verse 31, And a multitude rebuked them, because they should hold their peace. But they crowded the more, saying, Have son of David, have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you, if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. You have 12 disciples doing what at the cross? Nothing. You have women that are there that love Jesus, that have not left him, but what are they doing? Nothing. And the rocks cried out. The earth rests on 12 giant plates. There are 12 smaller plates. You, you hear them as fault lines. Everybody's afraid that one day that fault line is going to move just right and California is going to slide off in the Pacific. They grow at the rate, or they move at the rate of fingernails growing. The only time I ever watched fingernail grows was underneath a couple professors at the Bible college. That was it. But when the pressure builds enough and they move, everything above those plates shake. And it usually follows those big tectonic plates. Uh, we get something we know as the ring of fire because we got two big ones that are connected. And all the way up the uh, both coasts of the Pacific, you just have volcanoes everywhere because of these plates. When they release, you get earthquakes. The Dead Sea was just 15 miles from Golgotha, not a long way away. The Dead Sea has given us evidence. The Dead Sea has given evidence. What we know about ponds is that every year there's two layers that get on the bottom of a pond. You have a pond long enough, it will get shallow, and then you will have to get it dredged. Every fall you get a dark layer. Because leaves fall on it, they soak, go to the bottom, they come very dark. And then in our rainy season, in the spring, we get a lot of brand new dirt runoff that hits into these ponds and makes a light layer. Every pond can be measured to have two small layers every year that they fit on. And that's, thus the dredging needs to happen. The Dead Sea is no different. It's covered up by thousands upon thousands of layers that are just small layers, but they're dark and they're light colored. Uh, they, they um, I'm trying to see who was the one I got this study off of. The Dead Sea, what we know right now, is shrinking by three foot a year. It's just getting no, no water in it at all. Uh, part of that is due by what's happening with the agriculture that's going on now in Israel. That needs to happen because Israel's going to bloom before the Lord comes back. She is blooming now. Uh, they, they've learned how to divert the water. But it has went down far enough that we've got an archaeological find that dates us back to a certain spot that we know when a big earthquake happened. There was a guy called Octavius who was in a fight with Mark Antony because his girlfriend had shifted from Octavius to Mark Antony named Cleopatra. The big fight was happening, and it was happening on the Dead Sea. Mark Antony stayed on the dirt while Octavian stayed out in his boats, but they stayed far enough away during the battle that they couldn't shoot each other with arrows. And so Mark Antony built docks. Now what was interesting about that is Mark Antony didn't know what Octavian did. And what Octavian knew that Mark Antony didn't know was, we may be out here lacking fresh water and lacking fresh meat, 
But all we got to do is wait a little while because you're going to be introduced to mosquitoes. And for three weeks, those mosquitoes worked on those men till they were all sick. And when finally Octavian let his boats float in, Mark Antony went out, and it was a massacre because all these sick men, that, I, I just nerded out on you. It's got nothing to do with the Bible. What we found in the Dead Sea was those docks. During that battle, there was a giant earthquake. Now, what that looks like in the laminate layers of the Dead Sea, every time there's a disturbance, you have small little laminate layers, and then this much is messed up. That's the earthquake. It's like taking a sheet and hitting it, and it moves all the way across. It's the sediment on the bottom of the floor moves. Where the docks are, there is an area that shows an earthquake happened here, and the seismologist looked and said, yes, that's an earthquake. We know when that happened. That fight happened in 31 B.C. So if Jesus died 33 A.D., we only have to count two laminate layers per year. 62 layers later, there's another earthquake marked in the Dead Sea. Not only is there a laminate layer that's marked that we have video of. You can walk right up, put your finger on it. But there's another little one right up above it. That something happened in the process of one month that shook it twice. This earthquake was not only recorded by those in Jerusalem and non-believing historians, Josephus being one, but on the day of Jesus' death, Rome had an 18-minute eclipse and felt that plate move underneath them. They talk about the earthquake. Egypt also writes about the earthquake. What we didn't know about Jerusalem was this earthquake was so powerful, almost half of Jerusalem fell. It just collapsed in. We didn't read that in the Bible. I've never known that before. But something that was interesting, on the Temple Mount, uh, the, the western side of the temple itself cracked and dropped three quarters of an inch. What it did do was took a big beam right in the middle of that temple and bowed it down, ripping a cloth they had between the holies of holies from the top to the bottom. Now, Preacher Hurt, can you tell us how that happened? I think God caused an earthquake. The earth understood we was killing our king. The skies understood we were killing our king. And the earth just groaned because of what was happening. And it ripped that temple. And it ripped that veil. All that stuff is recorded by historians. It's not something we even have to go to the Bible to find out to be true. We can leave the Bible out of it and tell you when Jesus died, what happened in the skies, what happened in the ground. But I'm not going to leave the Bible because I believe the Bible is true. There's a lot of things that's been hidden from us over the years by the Roman Catholic Church. Love them or hate them, they hide stuff from us that's true. There's a lot of stuff that's been hidden from us. From what I understand, you're not going to Jerusalem now and climbing up Golgotha's hill. Everything around it's been brought up by the Muslims and they will not give you access. You don't get to go to Calvary anymore. Not there. You can go to Calvary here. But you can't there. A lot of things have been hidden from us over the years, but if these hold their peace, the very rocks will cry out. And there's evidence everywhere for it. So what do we do? <laughs> I just want you to believe your Bible. And if you can believe your Bible and put your faith and trust in it, then, then if you can believe what the Bible says about that, can you believe what it says about Jesus? 
I think you can believe your Bible. And I think you can stand and hold it higher than any other holy book on this planet. Because this book makes claims that you can test. We don't kill you as a Christian church trying to test the Bible. Try to do that among the Hindus. Try to do that among the Buddhists. Try to do that among the Muslims. They'll kill you for that. We don't. We say try it. Jump in the water and try it and you'll find it's good. It's good. Trust your Bible. And as you trust your Bible, the things of this world will grow strangely dim and the light of his wonderful face. Believe his book. You can believe him. That's what's going to free you from whatever's bothering you tonight.